0: And let me invite you to open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 is where we will begin as we continue in our series titled, titled Walking Wisely. Walking wisely is a must for us as followers of Jesus. Walking wisely is best for us and those around us. Walking wisely blesses us and those around us. God has made it clear to us in His Word that He wants us to walk in His wisdom day by day. Wisdom is seeing and living life God's way, as we've defined for this series. Wisdom is seeing and living life God's way. Wisdom is the skill to see life from God's perspective, to see ourselves, others, and our circumstances the way God sees us, others, and our circumstances, to see life the way God sees life. Wisdom is the skill to live life in God's power, It's the skill to put all that we see and know about God and his word into action in our lives. It's to respond to God by faith and in obedience to God. We walk wisely, we see and live life God's way by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. Paul spent the first three chapters of Ephesians writing about God's doctrine What we should know. Paul affirmed that God is the God of all wisdom and understanding. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, In him and through him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he richly poured out onto us, With all wisdom and understanding, God in his infinite wisdom has blessed you and I, his kids, with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, which includes his wisdom for us. Paul spent the final three chapters of Ephesians writing about our duty, what we should show. As Christ followers, we should show all we know day by day in accordance with the word of God. We are to live what we learn from God's word. Paul walked wisely and Paul encouraged and challenged his brothers and sisters in Christ to walk wisely, which includes us today. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15, Paul shared these words. Pay careful attention then to how you live not as unwise people, but as wise. God wants us to live wisely, not unwisely. We know this without a shadow of a doubt this morning. God wants you to live wisely today, not unwisely. God wants you to live wisely this evening, not unwisely. God wants you to live wisely this week, not unwisely. Paul shared some steps with us to help us walk wisely. So let's review our first step from the last Sunday as we continue moving through this passage that God's prepared for us this morning. Walking wisely means be careful. Walking wisely means be careful. Paul said, pay careful attention then to how you live. Pay attention is a command for us to obey today and every day. We are to pay careful attention to, we are to look and examine accurately how we walk and live each day as followers of Jesus Christ. Paul told us why in the second half of verse 15, pay careful attention then to how you live not as unwise people, but as wise. We're to pay careful attention to how we walk and live as Christ followers day by day so that we can be sure that we are walking wisely, not unwisely. And we identified three reasons why we must be careful to walk wisely. We must be careful because our flesh is weak. We shared that we understand and realize we must walk wisely because our flesh is weak and prone to wander away from God into sin. As Peter told us, we need to abstain from the sinful desires, the urges that rage war inside of us. Paul told us in Ephesians 6 and verse 10, finally be strengthened by the Lord in his vast strength. You see, we need God's strength to live God's way. Amen. We need God's strength each day to live God's way. We walk and live as children of light in the Lord, in the Lord's strength, with the Lord's wisdom. So be careful, our flesh is weak. Secondly, be careful, time is short. Back in 2006, the prominent evangelist, the beloved pastor and preacher, Billy Graham, was being interviewed, and he was 87 years old at this point in time in his life. And uh, as part of the interview, he was asked a simple question, and the question was this, what stood out what has stood out to you the most about your life and his answer was quick his answer was sure his answer was simple and he said it's brevity though Billy Graham lived 99 years on this earth before the Lord took him home to heaven he was well aware of the shortness the brevity of life he was well aware that time is short Paul agreed. Paul said in verse 16, making the most of the time. Making the most means to buy up, to redeem, to make the most of the time and opportunities that God has given us. We need to make the most of the time and opportunities God gives us each day. We are reminded this morning, each day, each hour, each moment is a gift from God to us. We must not waste time because Time is short. And then we also need to be careful because people need Jesus. He continued in verse 16, making the most of the time because the days are evil. We live in a fallen, sinful world, in the midst of a world that is in desperate need of God. As followers of Jesus, we are ministers and witnesses for Jesus. Therefore, we need to make the most of the time, money, and opportunities God gives us each day to help others come to know Jesus and grow in Jesus and go for Jesus while we Have the privilege and joy of living with the hope that we will spend eternity with Jesus one day in glory. Walking wisely means be careful. And we can certainly understand this encouragement, this instruction from Paul to us as we look at the society, at the world, at the culture in which we live. Walking wisely requires us every day, all day, to be careful. Second point we see in this passage is walking wisely means be clear. It says be clear. In verse 17, Paul wrote, so don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. That word so, real real short, two letters, that word so is a transition word that connects the present verse 17 to the verses directly prior. So means, so then, therefore, since. So then, therefore, since connects us to the specific context of the passage. So what Paul is saying is, so then, since, we're to walk wisely, not unwisely. Since, we're to make the most of the time that God gives us each day. Since, the days are evil and people need Jesus, don't be foolish. So then, therefore, sense connects us to the broader context of this passage within the teaching section of chapters four through six as it relates to our duty as followers of Jesus Christ. So then, since we're to walk worthy of the calling that God has given us in Christ Jesus. since we have put on the new creation in Christ Jesus. Since, we're to imitate God as dearly loved followers of Jesus Christ. Since, we're to love others as Jesus loves us. Since, we are to walk as children of light in the Lord. Since, we're to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. So, don't be foolish. Don't be foolish as a command for us to obey today and every day. It can also be translated, there's a present active participle, it can be translated don't be foolish or stop being foolish. So Paul is saying don't be foolish, stop being foolish. Foolish means without sense or understanding. It means mindless. It means unwise. And we know as followers of Jesus Christ, it's foolish for us to not Understand and follow the Lord's will. It's foolish for us to not see and live life God's way. It's foolish for us to not make the most of the time and opportunities God gives us. It's foolish for us to live unwisely rather than wisely. When you stop and think about it, as Christ followers, there's no reason for us to be foolish. There's no reason for us to live without sense or understanding of God and what he has shared with us in his word. We have God's word, which is full of wisdom right here before us. God's word before us is full of God's wisdom. We have God's Holy Spirit in us and he teaches us to walk wisely. We have God's Holy Spirit in us and he empowers us to walk wisely. We have God's people around us to encourage us to walk wisely. We have the privilege of prayer to help us walk wisely. We have the evidence and the testimony of God's wisdom at work in our lives in the past that remind us to walk wisely in the present, to walk, walk, remind us to walk wisely today. We are victors in Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We are overcomers in Christ Jesus. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. God has richly poured out his grace, love, and mercy on us with all wisdom and understanding. Therefore, there's no reason for us to be foolish. There's no reason for us to live unwisely. There's no reason for us to live foolishly as followers of Jesus Christ. See, Paul started here with the negative. Don't be foolish. Stop being foolish. And then he ended with the positive in verse 17. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. But understand what the Lord's will is. This is one power-packed verse full of God's truth for our lives. Walking wisely means being clear about the Lord's will. Walking wisely means being clear about the Lord's will. We need to be clear so that we can understand the Lord's will. We need to be clear so that we can follow the Lord's will. And so look at, let's look at these words, a couple of key words here as we Unpack God's truth for our lives in the positive instruction here in verse 17. Understand, suniyami means uh, to set together, to bring together, to put together, as in a puzzle, pieces in a puzzle. It means to comprehend what is going on, and to be able to respond properly to what is going on quickly. Understand is in the present tense, which means we are to seek to understand every day, all day, in every way. So we are to understand, but understand. We're to piece together, to put together, to bring together, to set together, We're to comprehend what is going on in our lives and all the many different areas of our lives on a day-by-day basis with the desire to be able to put together what's going on quickly. The imagery is that of being able to look at a puzzle, seeing all the puzzle pieces laid out, to understand the pieces and how they fit together, and then to be able to put the puzzle together real quickly. So we need to understand, he said, so don't be foolish, but understand What the Lord's, that's God's obviously, what the Lord's will is. Will, Thalema, will means desires. It means choices. It means what one wishes to happen or has determined will happen. What one wishes to happen or what one has determined will happen. One's will, their desires, their choices. So we need to be clear in order to walk wisely. We need to be clear so that we can understand the Lord's will, the Lord's desires, the Lord's choice for us so that we can then follow the Lord's will, desire, and choice for us on a day-by-day basis. We need to be clear. We need to be able to comprehend to understand as we live our lives throughout the day moment by moment step by step as things come into our lives as we process things through our mind we need to be clear we need to comprehend we need to understand what's going on in that situation And we also need to be able to comprehend and understand what is God's will, God's desire, God's choice for us so that we can then follow God's will, God's desire, God's choice for us. You see, we need to be clear so that we can understand and follow God's will, not our will, because God's will is always best for us. And so the challenge for many of us at this point as we begin looking at this is just simply understanding the desperate need that each of us has and that is to surrender our will so that we can follow God's will. You see, we're always quick to focus and comprehend and understand our will and to respond the way we want to respond to that circumstance or situation, which isn't always what's best. It's rarely what's best, responding based on our wisdom and our strength. That's generally more inclined uh, and in line with walking in the flesh, not the spirit. And so we need to surrender our will so that we can understand what the Lord's will is, so that we can see and understand and process what's going on through the Lord's eyes, so that we can understand what his will, his desire, his choice is for us in this situation, so we can then follow it. This encouragement from Paul to us in this verse to understand what the Lord's will is is similar to Paul's encouragement to us in verse 10 to try to prove, to uh, test what is pleasing to the Lord. To try to find out what pleases the Lord, obviously, so that we can do what pleases the Lord. We need to understand the will of God so that we can obviously follow the will of God. We need to understand what pleases the Lord so that we can obviously do what pleases the Lord. We please God as we understand and follow the will of God. We please God as we see and live life God's way. We please God as we make the most of the time and opportunities that God gives us. We please God as we walk wisely, not unwisely. We please God as we are effective in our ministry to others and in our witness before others. And so we understand, don't be foolish, so don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now I want us to look at just a few points real quickly. I want to just list a few points about the Lord's will that will help us to understand what the Lord's will is. So we're going to list just a few points and then we'll start to process our understanding of what the Lord's will is. I'll let you know now that process is going to take uh, us through this week and through next week and possibly the week after. So, uh, I just want to de-stress everybody from the outline and getting all the answers in because we're probably not going to get all the answers in this morning, Uh, again this week, but it'll be okay. Let's just keep walking with us. We'll get there Uh, in the Lord's time with the Lord's wisdom and strength. So let's look at a few points uh, about the Lord's will that will help us and guide us as we seek to understand what the Lord's will is because after all, that's exactly what Paul is sharing that we need to do. We need to understand what the Lord's will is. First point is we want to know God's will. We want to know God's will. We want to know what God's will is. We all understand the importance and the influence of our decisions. Many have said before, our deci- we make our decisions and then our decisions make us. And certainly, we can give testimony to this truth through the experience uh, that we have seen in our lives And so as followers of Jesus Christ, I would say for the most part, if not every one of us, and I would say it's probably all of us as followers of Jesus Christ, we want to know God's will. We want to know the decisions that God wants us to make each day. And that's walking wisely. We should want to know the Lord's will. We should want to know what are the decisions that God wants me to make Today, is I live my life as a follower of Jesus Christ. Second point is God wants us to know his will. God wants us to know his will. Paul would not have taught us, encouraged us, challenged us to understand and follow God's will if God didn't want us to understand and follow his will. We know that God has revealed his will to us in his word. And so we understand clearly from scripture that God wants us to study his word. God wants us to memorize his word and God wants us to obey his word. So we therefore can rest assured that God wants us to know his will because his His will has been revealed to us in his word. Third point is God's will is best for us. God knows his best and he loves us most. So we know God's will is best for us. Jesus affirmed this when he taught us to pray, our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come, your, there you go, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus would never have taught us to ask God, your will be done, God, On earth, in my life, God, today, God, as it is in heaven, if God's will was not best for us, His will is best for us. We know this. The great news is, God wants us to know His will. He's filled His word with His will. As followers of Jesus Christ, we want to know His will. So, this is a fantastic. Teaching point. This is a fantastic truth to understand. Walking wisely means be careful. Walking wisely means be clear. And so, if we want to know God's will, and God wants us to know His will, and God's will is best for us, then we need to understand, the fourth point, we need to understand the wills of God. We need to understand the wills of God. Now, Scripture identifies for us, very specifically, a couple of wills of God. And these wills have been described and defined in different ways by different pastors and scholars throughout the ages. Uh, if you've studied this, you've seen and you'll see it's, they're, they're, they're named different ways and described differently, but they, they, they focus in and, and mean basically the same thing. Uh, examples include God's sovereign will and God's moral will. God's hidden will and God's revealed will. Or as pastor and author, prominent pastor author John Piper says, God's will of decree and God's will of command. And so we see this taught in Scripture. So let's look for just a moment at what we're talking about here. God's sovereign will. God's sovereign will first. God's sovereign will is what God has determined will happen. God's sovereign will is what God has determined will happen. Jesus referred to God's sovereign will when he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but your will be done. He's referring to the sovereign will of God what God knows is best, what God has determined will happen. Luke wrote about God's sovereign will in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 22, Acts chapter 2 in verse 22 through verses 25. Fellow Israelites, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among you through him, just as you yourselves know, though he was delivered up according to God's Determined plan, and foreknowledge. You use lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. God raised him up, any of the pains of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by death. Luke here is recording the first sermon of Peter here in the first church of Jerusalem. And Peter in this sermon referred to God's sovereign will. As he shared with those gathered there at Pentecost, there in Jerusalem, about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, according to God's determined plan of foreknowledge, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which opened the way for all of us to have the opportunity to receive forgiveness of sins and enter into a relationship with God by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. Praise God that he... Determined beforehand that he would open the way for us to know him. Praise God. He understood and realized that we would turn away from him in our sin against him. He understood and realized that none of us would be righteous. No, not one. And yet God designed sovereignly the way for us to be brought back into a relationship with him. That we all enjoy today as followers of Jesus Christ that we can call God our Abba Father. Amen. That's awesome stuff. And so... We see God's sovereign will is God's control over all things. That that sovereign will is God's control over all things. And so when we look in Scripture, we understand and realize God's sovereign will, his will, ways, and thoughts are higher than ours and greater than ours, as high as the heavens are above the earth. So it's his will, ways, thoughts, higher than our will, ways, and thoughts. His will. God's great. So we look at God's sovereign will. Secondly, Scripture teaches us about God's moral will. God's moral will is God's desires, commands, and principles in His Word that we are to read, understand, and obey. We're to read, understand, and obey His moral will. God's moral will is true for all of us as followers of Jesus Christ. His moral will, His desires, His commands. His principles and his word are true for every one of us as followers of Jesus Christ. We can trust in his word. We can trust in his moral will. We can trust in what he has shared with us. Examples of this uh, include 1 Thessalonians 4.3. This is God's will, your sanctification, that you keep away from sexual immorality, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Peter agreed and told us in 1 Peter 3.17, for it is better to suffer for doing good, if this should be God's will, than for doing evil. We know, as followers of Jesus Christ, that it is God's will for us to stay away from sexual immorality. We all know as followers of Jesus Christ, it's God's will for us to live holy and pure lives, pleasing to him. We know as followers of Jesus Christ, it's God's will for us to give thanks in all circumstances. Not for, in all circumstances. We know it's God's will for us to suffer well for Jesus when those times come in our lives, in our walk, in our relationship with God. We know it's God's will for us to suffer well for Jesus. As Job told us, God gives and God takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And we know these truths because they're right here in God's word. And so when we talk about understand what the Lord's will is, and we'll get to this more specifically next week, but when we talk about understanding what the Lord's will is, we oftentimes are honed in and focused on what the Lord's moral will is. What what the decrees and what the commands and what the principles are in God's word, because we can know them because they're revealed to us here in the word. We know God wants us to trust in him with all our heart, to lean on our understanding, and to think about him in all our ways. We know God wants us to seek him first in his kingdom and his righteousness. We know God wants us to cast our cares on him because he cares for us. We know God wants us to be sober-minded and alert Self-control, because our enemy, our adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. We know this from God because it's in God's Word. He's revealed it to us. And so when we seek to understand what the Lord's will is, that's going to focus our attention on really understanding God's Word and getting into God's Word. And we'll talk again more and more about this as we look at this will of the Lord. And so we understand and know that God's moral will is best for us as followers of Jesus Christ. Because again, God's will is always best for us. God's moral will may or may not be followed by us. That is dependent upon our obedience or disobedience. Whether we obey or disobey doesn't change God's moral will. It's here in his word. It's true. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. But we are called as followers of Jesus Christ to submit ourselves to God, to draw near to Him, to walk in obedience to Him. And so we look again and understand that we cannot go wrong. You can't go wrong and I can't go wrong. Understanding and following God's will. So what about God's individual or specific will for my life? What about God's will for my life? Does God have a specific individual will for my life? Well, scripture certainly testifies to this for us. We see this over and over again. Let me just give you a few passages of scripture. There's many that would come to your mind. In Psalm 32, in verse 8, the psalmist David said, I will instruct you, the Lord says, and show you the way to go. With my eye on you, I will give counsel. Psalm 37, in verse 23, a person's steps are established by the Lord, and he takes pleasure in his way. In Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 10, for we are his workmanship, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. God has planned ahead of time for us to do. And so as we look at these scriptures, we certainly see understanding, we certainly see some amazing evidence that that God has a plan for our lives. And we know he has a plan for our lives. We know he has desires for our lives. These are exciting truths about God's will for you and for me. So I know your question. It's clear. There's no doubt about your question. And my question, and that is simply this, so where do I go in God's word? What chapter, what book, what verse do I go to find out God's will for my life, to find out who does God want me to marry? Does God want me to take this job or that job? Where do I go, pastor? Tell me. What chapter, what verse? Does God want me to go to college? Well, where does God want me to go to college? Does God want me to go on a mission trip to Panama and Montreal or Panama or Montreal this summer? Okay, tell me, where can I find that answer to that question? Because what I really want to know is who God wants me to marry and what God wants me to do today, tonight. Show me where it's at. Well, we know and understand that the Lord's will doesn't work that way in regards to a book, a chapter, and a verse. Uh, To give us answers to those specific questions as it relates to our lives. But here's what we know as we spend time with God, searching His scriptures for answers to our questions, we are reminded immediately, we are reminded consistently, we are reminded lovingly by our Almighty God that understanding and following his will begins simply with surrender. It begins with surrender. As Paul told us in Romans chapter 12 and verses one and two, therefore brothers and sisters in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. And don't be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to discern, here it is, what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. As followers of Jesus Christ, what God is wanting us to understand this morning, hey, this is coming in To each one of us, right where we're at. And God knows right where each one of us are this morning. He knows what's going on. He understands where we're at, what we're dealing with. He's wanting us to understand what his will is. So he's wanting us to see. He's wanting us to comprehend. He's wanting us to understand what his word is saying to us so we can understand his will and desire for us so that we can follow it in his power for his glory. And so we see real clearly As followers of Jesus, in view of the mercies of God, in view of all that God has done for us in Christ Jesus, God wants us to willingly, God wants us to lovingly, God wants us to faithfully surrender ourselves to him. To simply present ourselves to him, our bodies to him. As a living sacrifice to surrender ourselves to him today, every day, all day. So that we can live his way in his power, with his wisdom, for his honor and glory and name and fame. He wants us to surrender ourselves to him. You see, God's will for our lives is not based on a rigid formula, a step by step by step that we are to to follow diligently every second of every day. No, God's will for our lives is based on a loving relationship with us. He calls us to draw near to him he'll draw near to us. He calls us to surrender ourselves to him and he will transform us into the likeness of his son, our savior, Jesus Christ. He calls on us to trust in him and to lean on him and to think about him in all our ways and to understand and realize as we do, he will make our path straight. He calls on us to seek him first, And His kingdom and His righteousness, not our will, not our desires, not our wants, not our choices, but His will, His desire, His choices for us. What He wants to seek, what He wants, knowing, knowing that as we do, He will meet every one of our needs. He'll take care of us. And His word, will be a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. And he will guide and direct us by the power of his Holy Spirit in us to follow his will and his way for our lives day by day. You see, what God wants is for us to understand what the Lord's will is. Understanding and following the Lord's will begins with surrender. God Help me to get out of your way so that you can have your way with me, in me, through me, and around me today. Right here and right now in these very moments. You see, we surrender ourselves to God once and for all when God saves us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. And we become members of God's family But it doesn't stop there. We are called by God and commanded by God to surrender ourselves to God each day. And as we do, God continues to make us more and more like Jesus. God continues to empower us to live his way. As we surrender ourselves to God each day, we are able to understand and follow God's will. We're able to make the most of the time and opportunities God gives us. As we surrender ourselves to God each day, we're able to live wisely, not unwisely. As we surrender ourselves to God each day, we're able to be effective ministers and witnesses for Jesus Christ. We surrender ourselves to God and he leads, guides, and directs us in his way day by day. As Paul said so eloquently, I've been crucified with Christ. That's surrender. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. As our worship team comes, the lead in this time of...